Ahoy, motherfuckers. I clapped my hands on that one because I was excited. I felt that. Welcome to Hindsight. I am Derek. As always, I'm joined by the best in the business, Brandon. And today we have a guest. This is dope. Like, this is really... In the midst of horrible, horror, horrible movie month, like I really have to stop and say that out, horrible movie month. It's great because we get such great people to join us for these fucking movies that should be bad, yet they love them. And today we're joined by Mac. Like, yo, if y'all don't know, Mac, Mac, tell them something about yourself. Tell them what your Twitter name is. The floor is yours, dog. Hey, what's going on? I'm Malcolm Moore. Everyone calls me Mac, uh, Macho Franchise on Twitter. You see me tweeting about wrestling and video games and pretty much everything random. And I'm actually a competitive fighting game player living in Atlanta, Georgia. And I love horror movies. And the movie we're about to discuss happens to be one of my favorites. And, you know, I just wanted to join and hop on once you guys mentioned you were doing it. You know what? Let's talk for a second about the competitive fighting. Um, How'd you get into that? Um, honestly, I've been playing video games for the longest mm-hmm. since, uh, with help of my dad. My dad got me a Sega Genesis when I was a kid. And one of the first games we got was a uh, Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah. And my dad, being my dad, never told me how to play. He just handed me a controller and <laughs> would just beat the brakes off meats. And I would ask him, how do you do that? And he's like, learn. I was like, I'm learn. I'm asking questions. Help me out here. So and then that just developed into me just playing Tekken and then Tekken is my main game that I play. Okay. Who's your main character? Um, Tekken. It was since I've been playing for a while, I started with like Kazuya. Okay. And T- Tekken three came out. Then I went with Eddie cause black. Oh yeah. So, um, Tekken That's four, the only second character I know. Yeah, exactly. Tekken four, Steve. Cause I like boxing and okay. used him a bit. And then now I mainly use Feng Wei. Feng Wei is my dude. Yeah. So, um, have you ever got caught up in that? Oh, I hate that shit. When somebody plays as King and that's actually their main and they put you in that like 24 wrestling move, hit combo shit. King is the one that's a lion face, right? Yes. I yes. mean, tiger face. Tiger mask <laughs> yeah. nigga. They can do the, the back drop and all those wrestling moves and you uh, can't get out the combo. He got one grab where as soon as he starts it, It'll either t- it used to take out your whole life, but now it takes out like seventy five percent. It's just a rolling death cradle. Mm-hmm. As soon as I start that motion, starts to get more. I just put down the controls. Like, yeah, I'm already dead. I can't break this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, we've got some of the stronger king players down here. One of the best king players lives in Atlanta, and I've played him a couple of times. And he pretty much just grabs me, and that's about that's a wrap because I suck at, against king. It's like you can't really do shit against them. I got hit up by a guy in the arcade. And (laughs) I'm not proud of this. But as he's doing the move with King and the the animation's happening, I turn to this nigga and politely ask him to square up. Like, I hate King so much, but watching people who are able to do that shit, mm. do that move, it's just one of the most beautiful things ever. Like there are certain games where somebody can pull off a move. It is like, oh, my God. On Street Fighter, it used to be Akuma's move where the screen would go black and the Chinese symbol would just show up on the screen. Oh, yeah. Raging Demon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and on i i don't i don't i don't play mortal Kombat, so i can't even lie and tell you what the move would be for that shit but i'm sure there's something but for street fighter yeah mm-hmm. we played against this guy at a local pizza hut where i used to live when i was a kid and this guy would come in and he would always wear the tank top and he he had the flat top and he literally told people his name was guile Oh, and when people would say, what's your real name? He was like, I am Guile. And he mained his Guile. This, those, those are the ones you got to watch out for when they get right. in character. <laughs> this motherfucker. And this is when we were like 11. No, this is when we were 12 and 14. Because at this point, uh, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighter had came out. Not the mm-hmm. not the the um of official one, but the one where you could glitch the screen and yeah. have like a million fireballs and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. This nigga was still coming with guile. Throw the sonic booms all the way across the screen so there was nothing you could do. Stand there and wait. Whoop your ass. And then when he got tired of whooping everybody's ass, because this is back when you know you put the quarter up on yep. the machine to prove you got next. When he was whooping up people's asses. He would do the handcuff trick where if you did a certain move with Guile in the right way, it would, Guile would stand right next to you and your person would just do their um, time's up animation. So Ryu would cover his face or whatever, and the gang would freeze. And he was like, he would freeze up the gang with the handcuff trick, and then he'd say, I am Guile, and he'd walk out. So it got to the point where every time this dude walked in, I would just leave because I knew he was going to whoop everybody's ass and then lock up the game. <laughs> he left like a final boss. Like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. Be back tomorrow. Y'all go home and think about what I just did to your ass. <laughs> I am Guile. And it's just like, you know what? I'm not fucking with this shit. Um, I do want to say that the movie that we did this week I liked it a lot more than I was supposed to. And I think I was in a zone for liking movies like this that I shouldn't like because I watched Venom this morning at like 1.30 in the morning, like the first Venom. Oh, man. Um, and that movie was one of those movies that should be bad as well. But it was it was bad in a good way. So I was like, OK, I'm ready for this. And, and 13 Ghosts, initially I came front. I really thought that this was going to be on some Scooby-Doo type shit. <laughs> Like I did. And and so, Mac, when was the first time you saw this movie? And what were your thoughts on it? I know it came out in 2000. So, so 2000, I want to say I was 11 years old. I saw it in theaters because okay. I grew up on horror movies. So I, pretty much any time. And the thing is, ghost and ghost movies have never been my thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess seeing Matthew Lillard kind of drew me in because I like Scream. Mm-hmm. And just seeing his character from Scream, I was like, oh, he kind of is acting the same thing. And then once I saw the trailer, I was like, Okay, this looks a little bit legit. All right. And then watching it, I don't ever get like shook or anything like that. I was like, all right, all right, I can follow the plot a little bit, you know. Main character's kind of annoying. The sun is getting on my nerves, but you know, Matthew Lillard's keeping me here just because of his little snide comments and remarks. I'm just like, all right, sassy Matthew Lillard is funny. But then at, by the end of it, I mean, I liked it. And usually every time it's on TV, I always watch it, just no matter where it's at in the movie. Because I just enjoy watching it a lot. For sure. Brandon, was this your first time seeing it? This morning was my first time seeing this movie because I've never been into horror movies because I don't understand. 
I never understood the idea of paying to scare myself. So I never went to see horror movies and things. So you don't do haunted houses then? Haunted houses? No, I don't do haunted houses. Not ones that are actually scary. Okay. I do the haunted house little ride in the train at the theme park because it's fun. But I don't do actual haunted houses because why? Um, And so (laughs) this movie wasn't scary, though. I thought it it wasn't. It wasn't. That was the thing to me, too. I was expecting more. No, I wasn't scared at all of this movie. I was just, uh, I enjoyed the movie a little bit with his horrible acting and stupid. I just want one horror movie. Some director needs to make a horror movie. It may be because I don't watch them, so maybe they already exist. But some director just needs to make a horror movie where the characters aren't fucking idiots. Um, that would be that would be that would be novel. That would be pretty protagonist. different. Like you can still fuck up and get scared by not being dumb, or you can make a mistake or something happens even when you make the right decision. This dude, author, is one of the worst protagonists I've ever seen in any movie I've ever seen. I've seen no reason why I should have been rooting for him at all. And then we'll get to it. His big captain, his big like balls up, like I'm gonna be a man, I'm gonna do this moment. He didn't even do shit. So y'all, y'all are gonna call them by their um characters' names in this movie, and that's fucking great. You know, thumbs up to y'all. Good job. Um, I'm not. So they're in this this movie starts off in a junkyard and they're driving trucks like through the gates, like they're breaking in and shit. Um, and it looks like you know, something from fucking uh the the rock or something like that like they're the music is playing like it's an action film and all that kind of shit and and it's actually menacing music that sounds like it came from fucking dark man that's what i thought of when i first heard it um and then fucking professor crawford from finding forster pops up and all the allure was already gone because all i could think of was franz pop (laughs) i like that name franz pop (laughs) um and then Shaggy shows up and he's playing a hippie stoner tech nerd pill popper guy. And I didn't know at this point in time that he was a fucking psychic. And so he was taking his meds because he kept seeing ghosts all over the place. So I was just like, okay, you know, because they're setting up. Um, it looks like initially, like there's it looked like they broke into a junkyard to start setting up for like a big ass rave. Like they're setting up speakers and all this kind of shit all over the place. And I was like, what the fuck are they setting up? Um, and then Shaggy, who's wearing a clear see-through raincoat at this point in time, reaches down like the first 15 minutes. It looked like I what I saw, it looked like Terminator. I was like, it what looked, the hell is this? I was kind of yeah. like distracted doing a couple of things and then I got into it. But I was looking up and I was like, this looks like the Terminator scene from the future. It looked they had they had the flares up. I thought that the fucking junkyard was on fire and shit. And then um this nigga Shaggy reaches down and touches the earth and just takes in all the information about the earth. And I was like, is he like Toph's cousin from fucking Avatar or something? Like what exactly is going on? What they did in the first 15 minutes was acting like you've been watching this movie for like two hours. Right. And so they didn't explain anybody's names. They didn't say where anybody came from. All of a sudden this nigga pops up and he's like, you son of a bitch. You said he only killed nine people. There's 40 victims here. In, in the junkyard, like here right now, like, wait, what are we doing? 
And it's like, that's a pretty big gap in numbers. Like if I tell you I'm only going to take two pieces of pizza and I take 12, that's something we should discuss before I actually execute that shit. Especially um, when I'm getting paid for something too. It's like, hold on, man. Hold on. You're missing some information that is pertinent to me, my well-being. Exactly. Like, I don't <laughs> feel safe. Do you feel safe? I don't feel safe. And um, Shaggy's name in this movie is Dennis. Um, and they bring in a cube and uh, – Dennis is a psychic, but the problem is that they keep whenever he touched somebody, they show his creepy ass fingers just curling over and just reaching out and grabbing somebody. And I punch the shit out of him. Um, and he touches Professor Crawford and Professor Crawford's like, don't get too curious. And it's like, damn, OK, he must be the villain of the movie already. And then a white woman and a white dude pop up out of nowhere that are obviously not affiliated with their clique. And the white woman says. How can you justify what you're doing, Cyrus? Which is Professor Crawford's real name. How can you justify what you're doing, Cyrus? This is out and out slavery. And I was just like, ladies and gentlemen, slavery is defined by white people. <laughs> like, this is... What happened? What were they doing? They said that they were capturing ghosts to work for them. To work for them. So, ipso facto, slavery. I mean, technically, that is slavery. Is it, you're though? You're capturing someone against their will and then making them do work for you yeah, without you, compensation. That's yeah, literally slavery. Yeah, but you know what would be great is if they actually explained why it was slavery sooner than the last 10 minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> we just got this white woman popping up like, it's slavery! <laughs> slavery is a thing! And it's like, what the fuck? Like, where do you get that? It's wrong. We don't it's need to wrong do this. when you do it to white people. It's wrong! <laughs> I love these ghosts and and help him too, the black one. And so Damon and Kalina, again, pop up out of nowhere and they're persistent, according to Cyrus, and they're carrying around Quicksilver flares and quaint little magical books. And then uh, Kalina says, these aren't animals you're capturing. They're human beings. And uh, Shaggy looks at her and says, they're dead human beings. Maybe you should join Greenpeace. Throw blood on all women's furs. And I was like, dude, that's that's PETA. <laughs> You're getting your organizations mixed up. Greenpeace, like, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> do you know what we do, my nigga? Like, Greenpeace. Do you see it in the name? Green Peace, bitch. We don't, we don't give a fuck about that dog. Like, what? Earth, nigga, shit. He was um, processing the 40 other bodies that were in that junkyard, and he was still shook. It's like, yo, man, can we just hurry? Because this whole thing was, can we just go ahead and leave? We need to leave now. <laughs> you know what? I got to give it to him. He had a healthy fear of everything that was going on because he had lived it so many times. Um, also, I, I, it's wild that I wrote, the very first thing I wrote was that I thought this was going to be on Scooby-Doo type shit, and then Shaggy stars in it. So self-high five for that um also shout out to diamond dallas page uh for the self high five um and shaggy gets mad because he found out there's 13 ghosts and he was only con he was only contracted for 12 but bruh dude come on i mean this is the same guy who just told you the guy murdered nine people and he actually meant 40 so he's really not too good with numbers and he says dennis like i'm done after this i'm done after this and crawford's like whatever release the bait what's a truck full of blood Oh, before that, Dennis was like, what do you mean bait? We didn't have to do this before. Right? Like, wait. 
am, am I the bait? <laughs> exactly, because that's the look he first gave when I first saw it. I was like, he said bait. I was like, okay, Jackie's about to get it. <laughs> so um let me see. They 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 power up the cube and start playing some Latin words, which makes everybody who's there stand up and look around pensively. Like all these people didn't need to actually be there once he started releasing the bait, but they all stood there. And for some reason, everybody starts running, and this ghost just casually murders all of them as it goes towards the cube, which leads to my next question. Why the fuck wouldn't y'all stand behind the cube? You would think. Like if the if the if the if the ghost is going towards the entrance of the cube and you see one guy fly up into a fucking trunk and get folded in half like a fucking suitcase uh linen pack, I would go behind the cube and sit and wait. But no, these niggas is running towards the cube while he's just slicing through them like a banshee. And one of them, in his in immense wisdom, literally runs into the cube. And the ghost follows him like more bait and just fucks him the fuck up. Um and then we look around and Damon is dying. We don't even know why. We barely know his name. I don't really care. And Kalina can't save him. Um, and Cyrus is dead because he got chopped in half by Ghost Guy. At least that's what it looks like. Again, we don't find shit out for like an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes into the fucking movie. So. Then credits. Right. <laughs> 13 ghosts. And also, I'm not going to search for a ghost to murder 40 people. That's not everything that black people will sign up for. Like that whole area, that whole search party was white. Um, and now the we went. Is, hmm? He was walking the way that he was walking and just taking them out one by one. You would think it's time to go. Forget this dude. Like, let's go. Like, how much did y'all get paid to do this? Like, because he had to tell you that we're looking for somebody who murdered nine people. Even if it wasn't the 40 that he actually did, how what did y'all get paid to risk your life for this? <sighs> but which, now which ghost did this? The, the jackal. Juggernaut. Oh, the jackal. Okay. Was it the juggernaut? Juggernaut, yeah. It's okay. the last one that they got. He's a juggernaut, bitch. That pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll whoop your ass, Charles. I'll whoop your ass. Whoop Charles. <laughs> I still love that statement. I will uh, beat your ass, Charles. I'll beat your ass I with, with Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna find that and put that sound clip somewhere. Um, so then we go to a family with kids playing in the background, and Monk and his wife are watching, and they do that annoying ass thing where you know something's about to go wrong because they start talking real wistfully. And the mouths are moving, but the words are matching. And you're like, oh, this is a fucking flashback. Mm -hmm. And then you show that um, Gene, Monk's wife, dies in a fire because they wouldn't let him go back in to save her. And he's like, I got to go back in and save her. And they were like, you can't go back in and save her. And after they say she's dead, he's like, I should have went in and saved her. Like, motherfucker, she's dead. What do you think you would have been? <clears throat> but, yeah. Also, we find out Rod Diggers in this movie, yeah. which is dope. But Ross playing Maggie. Is it dope? No, because Ross. Play, <laughs> okay. Well, at this point in time, when at this point in time, it was dope was because Rod Digger was hot. Like this one, she was talking about being on. Was it Maxim or was it King with the two page ass? Like she literally made okay. that. A, she made that a line. And I'm <clears> telling y'all, if you knew me when I was younger, I didn't fuck with Playboy. I didn't worry about Hustler, none of that, because King Magazine was in stores, and I could read it like a regular-ass person because the covers all looked normal, but the inside was not. <laughs> it was black 
magic, my nigga. We <laughs> made people fucking famous with King Magazine because Vita Guerra yep. has no right to be on my mind now. And yet, whew, God bless King. Um, but then I got older and, and became a better person. Um, <laughs> so Rob plays Maggie, who's a housekeeper who doesn't keep house or cook. But what she does do is that Bobby, a uh, monk's son, calls his um, sister a slut for reasons that I still don't understand. And she's like, no, she's not a slut. She's a bitch. That's <laughs> a distinction. Because 2000s, y'all. Yes, there is a distinction, which was defined by um, fear of a black hat. A slut is somebody who fucks everybody. A hoe. No, that was slut and hoe. I'm sorry. See? A hoe is somebody who fucks everybody. No, that was a slut and a bitch. A slut is somebody who fucks everyone. A bitch is somebody who fucks everyone but you. <laughs> <laughs> That movie's great. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, by the way, we did review that. If y'all are just peeping in now, you can go back and find Fear of a Black Hat. That shit was golden. Um, <laughs> and so we have Shannon Elizabeth, Rod Digger, Shaggy, and Professor Crawford all in the same movie. Shannon Elizabeth, that's who that was. That yeah. was Shannon Elizabeth that's from, the one American, from Pie. American Pie. American Pie. So as far as I know, she did that movie and then she moved over to this movie. And then did nothing else the rest of her career. I mean, why would you? Like the two movies you did, you were the first one you got completely um what's the word for it? Starts with an EX. She was not exposed, she was taken advantage of. Oh my god. I, the words were on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, she was taken advantage of in that movie to the point where all these guys were fucking. She got. Yeah, I, I refuse to believe she read that script. I still get mad when I think about that shit. Now, the fact that everybody on the Internet was able to sit there and watch her. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so Crawford has been his lawyer. Bring Monk's family a key as his last will and testament. He also records in it a video with instructions on it and a fucking course. The video has pauses where the people watching the video can react to what he's saying, or what Ben is giving to them. Because when Ben gives Shannon Elizabeth, the key to, to the house, Crawford goes silent long enough for Shannon Elizabeth to say a key to what? And then Crawford says to your new house, it didn't even <laughs> hit pause. It just all got written in there. It was like watching Doherty Explorer and shit. Also did the person recording, tell him to stop and then Panama. So then he would know when to say to your house. I've always wanted... known that house was full of shit when they saw that key. That key. Uh, right. Ugh. Here's the thing. I always have dreams about like if I ever win something someday. Like, you know, like sometimes they'll have like uh, a Porsche. Right. And you can like, oh, you could win a Porsche. And I'm always like, if I won a Porsche, I would just sell it. Like I would like or sometimes like if I want a house like the home like the HGTV like house thing that they always do. If it's somewhere where I would want to live, then I'd be like, oh yeah, like I'd go live there or I'd keep it as a vacation home mm -hmm. and just pay taxes on it. But if it was somewhere like sometimes it'd be given homes, it'd be beautiful, but it'd be like in Montana. And it's like, God, this is fucking beautiful, but it's in fucking Montana. I'm not going up there. I would just sell that shit. These niggas were like, oh, you got this house. 
in the middle of nowhere. Let's fucking move there. <laughs> and they literally say the nearest neighbor is like miles away. Right. Like everything that was said about this house was like, no, thank you, motherfuckers. Red flags. And then they right. said, oh, they asked him about his uncle. He's like, yeah, he's my uncle. I haven't talked to him in a while. Red flag number one. <laughs> I, I ain't seen him. All of a sudden, I'm his sole beneficiary and I'm getting his house. Mm-mm. I've heard that shit happen before in real life, though. When? Like shit like, no, I've, I've read stories about this where like some relative you, people didn't know like died and they just had a shitload of money that they left it to them. Like it was, I've seen shit like that happen before. A lot of times it's because of spite, too. I, I I do understand spite. But they don't fuck with their kids or their wife or something like that. So they leave it to like their nephew that they never talked to just to somebody <laughs> that they, don't, you know, to appreciate it, to have it. One of the best books that I've ever read, and I, I probably might read it on uh, <laughs> on Ratchet Book Club because it's written by a white dude, but it is so goddamn ratchet. This nigga, this white dude. Uh, literally hates his entire fucking family. So he writes a will. The book is called The Testament. And he writes a will, changing it, giving all of his shit to one daughter that nobody else knows he has and just cuts all six of his other kids out the will and he jumps out the window and commits suicide. (laughs) And so he tells everybody before he kills himself, look, I know we've had funk, but I'm going to forgive it. I'm going to give you each $5 million upon my death. And so when he dies, they immediately go to uh, the, the, the car dealerships, the banks and everything, and just start buying shit left and right. And then his will comes out and the will actually says, I am just going to clear their debts prior to my death. And then after that, whatever they have after that is on them. And these motherfuckers have gone many. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best book. It is so fucking petty. Nothing says petty like rich people with money, which is why billionaires never give their money to poor people because they're petty about their money. That's my thought. So anyhow, this house is the fruit of Crawford's life work. But fuck all that noise, because according to Shannon Elizabeth, everybody gets their own bathroom. They're looking at this house that looks like a fucking fun house. And she sees one bathroom in the video, which is like a media player video from like 1996. And she's like, everybody gets their own bathroom from seeing one bathroom. And it's like fucking Oprah and shit. You get a bathroom and you get a bathroom and you get a bathroom and everybody gets a bathroom. It's a glass house. Right. And we're (laughs) we're throwing stones at it already. And I got I know this is coming up in a little bit, but I need to get it out before I forget about it. This nigga talks when they get there, we'll get to it. But he talks to the guy and he's like, oh, listen. Uh, you know, I didn't want to say it in front of my kids, but you know, if I own this house, I gotta pay property taxes on it. And I'm just a little old math teacher. And I'm like, you have a live-in nanny. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You know how expensive I mean, a live-in nanny is? Uh, and and on top of that, you got a live-in nanny who literally walks into this house that's full of glass windows and says, I don't do windows. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, nanny's not a maid. She's a housekeeper. No, she's they a never, nanny. No, they don't specify what the fuck she is because at the beginning of the movie, she's uh, Shannon Elizabeth is cooking because she can't cook and she was supposed to be the cook too. So they probably just hired her for the low because this man had a whole bunch of past due notices. Like, right? They were like, wall. they were like, he was like, hey, why are you cooking? Why isn't Rod Digger cooking? And she was like, do you remember what Rod Digger's cooking is like? 
And Monk is like, I tried her cooking once and that was that. So she's a housekeeper who doesn't do windows or clean because they're, they're, their entire house, that apartment thing that they're living in looked like a one bedroom flat and fucking Hoboken. That shit looked filthy as fuck. <laughs> looked like Red Man's crib from Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Get y'all stanking asses out. Um, <laughs> she doesn't do um cooking as we've already attested to and she can't even watch the kids because she loses bobby immediately because glass so (laughs) what exactly is going on here um then we see the kalina as they're approaching the house we see kalina uh getting dynamite in a spell book and dennis trying to break into the house acting like an electrician um and every window in this house has the same writing on the wall that is on that cube. And Monk, who can fucking read Latin, because he looks at it and he says, oh, Latin. Should have read something and just dipped out right the fuck there. Like, okay, this says we are warding off all evil spirits that are inside this house from being able to get into this room. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. We're not even going to put the key into the door. And he puts the key into the door and it fucking breaks off like a fucking quarter in one of them uh, bubblegum machines. It just drops out. And you don't think that's weird? You can never open the door again. What the fuck is this? Bobby, his punk ass little boy is like, you broke the you broke the door. And shut the fuck up. I mean, um, he was the most. He was right. He was also annoying. Um, I think that I think that the reason why he was annoying is because he had an annoying ass scooter. I think that was it. Um, because I never got one of those scooters. Recorder. Yeah, the scooter and the tape recorder. He was annoying, and he called his sister a slut. Fuck that kid. Um, and so check Sha- again. I see. I see another white male kid that you hate. He- <laughs> Not a surprise. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a few seconds to have. So then you can go ahead and justify why I shouldn't judge this between seven and 10 year old kid who called his 10, little sister a slut. Cause he's seven years old. That's why. Uh, That's hey, exactly Mag. why. Hey Meg, when you were seven, did you yes. even know what a slut was? Yes. Seven oh. year olds and eight year olds say fucked up shit. No. And y'all did yeah. too. You just don't remember it or don't want to admit it. I know if I said some stuff, I got switched. So I could talk if you to said Bobby. it to your parents, I didn't even know. Look, when I was 10, I was at a school. It was a Christian school, actually. It was a Lutheran school that my mom had us there on scholarship. And this white woman or this white girl walked up to me and she was 10. And she was like, "Um, you want to know my favorite kind of music What is?" And I was like, sure, why not? And she was like, "Okay, I'm going to give it to you in, in hints. And I was like, "Okay." And she was like, the first thing is something that every woman has. And the second thing is a plant. And that's the kind of music I like. And I sat there for like 10 minutes just staring at her like this, open mouth, like, because I didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. And she was like, it's something that every woman has and a plant. And I was like, I don't get it. And she was like, cunt tree music. And I was like... Yeah, why would you get that? But you <laughs> also told me you were listening to NWA when you were a fucking kid. Yeah. So you clearly heard these words before, and I'm pretty no. sure you said them. No, no, I didn't. Let's see. When I was 10, it was 1990. 1990, I was listening to Loose Ends and shit like that. My mind didn't get blown until literally, and this sounds strange me saying it like this, like it's a big jump in time. 
1991 was the first time I heard Tupacalypse Now, and that changed my life. So prior to that, nah. Country music? The fuck is country music? The fuck is a pumpkin pie? (laughs) So, yes, I do have ire against kids who were able to talk in ways that I didn't even know was possible at that age because I would have gotten the life chased out of me, not even the shit slapped out of me. They just would have ran me down till I ran out of breath, period. But you know, you 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 understand little white kids, Brandon. You're the white kid whisperer. I understand kids. No, you don't. Yes, because you, you try to make this distinction as if black kids don't talk like this. Black kids absolutely talk like this. Okay, so all listeners, there's gonna be a poll for this. All of them. Um <laughs> if you ever talked like this at the age of seven and eight, Snoop Dogg had a little fucking kid on his fucking album as an interlude, and everybody understood that because kids talked like that. First of all, the kid got paid to talk like that. Secondly, the Why adults listening to it understood like it. If it's not something that people can relate to. People know kids who talk shit like so, that. So you're trying to figure out why people related to a little kid saying, I'm a motherfucking hustler. You better ask somebody. You, you, uh, If you watch all them black movies, they all had little ass kids talking shit. All of them. Because that, that's what kids did. Just because yeah. you didn't do that. Okay, so I will give you I will I will give you that belief that that's what kids do. Only child. I will give you that belief that that's what kids do. And then I will raise you a I don't know any black person who would say that that's what they did. And black folks are pretty open about the ass whoopings they took, the humiliations they went through parents. He just called his sister a slut. People talk shit to their brothers and sisters all the time. And then their brothers and sisters whip their ass. She just didn't whip his ass. That doesn't mean they don't talk shit. Like, mean, look, not, like, he called. Know. He could call his sister a slut, and then Monk was over there just sipping his coffee, like, mm. "You're saying." And Rob like, Diggle was like, "She ain't a slut. She's a bitch." And I was like, "This is not a Monk was like, Hold on there. Hold on. Hold on. Look, Blackie. <laughs> you're saying, "Oh, if I did this, I'll whip, get my ass whipped." I'm like, "Yes." Kids talk shit, and they got their ass whipped. Man. That's what happened. I saw a post a couple days ago on Twitter where they said um, some of y'all have never gotten chased around the house by an older sibling with a knife and that shit shows. And I was like, you know what? I I hated being alone in the house with my brother because if anything flew off, I was getting beat up or chased with a knife or getting told I was going to get killed or choked out or something like that. So I understand that, but (laughs) yeah, no, I still don't like this kid. Mostly because, again, because of Scooter and because of the slut thing. I don't care what Brandon says. Um, <laughs> so Shaggy's having flashbacks of evil in the house, and he puts on a special glasses that makes him overact. Like, I wish I was joking. That dude overacted through his entire movie, like, to the 10th level. Um, and it turns out the basement is full of ghosts. And so he's running and screaming and yet can't be heard by anybody down there or it can't be heard by anybody upstairs. And they explain why in a bit. The explanation is fucking see-through. They blame it on some glass that doesn't really fucking exist. Um, And then he comes upstairs uh, with vomit on his shirt and he tells Monk to get get his family out the house. He tells him that him and Crawford have been hunting ghosts for years and are the bunch of containment units in the basement. And then he says, I'm getting my ass out the big glass house. And then he touches Monk and sees his wife's death. And that's when he realizes, but again, we don't find out for like another fucking hour. Right. That's when we find out that he knows Monk's wife because he sees the way that Gene died. 
Um, and and so then after that, um, Ben puts on the glasses and goes downstairs to talk shit to all the ghosts. Like literally, Ben, what what have you done recently that makes you think you should be down here talking shit to these ghosts? And he. Y'all seen Indiana Jones, right, where they have the 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 jewel on top of the lever and you got to switch yep. something in with the lever real quick. Otherwise, bad shit's going to happen. Got to match the weight. Yeah. Professor Crawford, for some reason, has a, sl- a satchel full of fucking cash just sitting on top of these switches downstairs like a rabbit trap or something. And Ben comes over and lifts the satchel up like he knew it was going to be there, like he knew what was in it and like he owned it. And walked out, you know, saying, this is my payment. And the switches come up, and that's when the house starts to move, and the dial starts turning in the front room and shit, and the ghosts are freed, including the horrible, the one in the horrible bodysuit that uh, Ben was talking shit to. And then Ben's backing away from her, because she's naked, and he's backing away from her. And a sliding glass window or a sliding glass door that he's standing in the middle of closes on him and literally slices him in half. And I'm like, how sharp, how sharp are these fucking windows? It slices him in half with nothing but jelly sliding down the door. Brandon, you look like you was going to think something. No, I thought it was great. I like this. Uh, I like this. Um, it's one of the best kills in the movie. Yeah, no, it was excellent. I was just like, "How sharp is that fucking glass?" Like, if I stand, although he was still move, he was still like thinking after his brain was slit in half. Because that's how it works. Yeah, he was processing. It's like, mm-hmm. the fuck happened to me? Mm-hmm. Is that strawberry? <laughs> Which I don't know. I would wonder if your brain could function for a few seconds if it was only half a brain. Well, a lot of people only have half a brain, brand. Right. They function just just fine. Mm-mm. But technically, everyone has less than half a brain because none of us use half of our brain. Yeah, if you did, it, you'd be Lucy. Lucy who? Uh, Scarjo. Scarjo. Yeah. Oh, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, Lucy, Lucy. So Shaggy and Monk go back to the main room where Monk told his family to stay put, but of course they they didn't. They all fucking scattered. Um, and Shaggy changed clothes in the span of like a few seconds, like from his electrician outfit into like a fucking business suit. Um, and then all of a sudden, all of these glasses just start popping up all over the place. And I was like, if Crawford lives here alone, then why are there glasses for like every person, every size? Because that was the size of fit Bobby. And again, Bobby is seven. There's no way that glasses for Crawford will be able to fit Bobby, who would never be in the house until this started. Um, but Shannon Elizabeth is in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror and doing that white person, that white woman thing where they look in the mirror and they finger comb their hair, finger mm. comb, finger comb, finger comb. And um, the badly designed naked ghost is walking up on her and we can see the blood all over the walls, but Shannon can't because she's not wearing the glasses. And this white woman ghost who could kill Shannon and, and she'd never fucking know it just walks up next to her and looks in the mirror, starts finger combing, finger combing, just finger combing her hair too. She has all these slash marks all over. She's dead. She's a ghost, but still mirror. Finger comb, finger comb, finger comb. Get the back, finger comb. And then she goes and gets in the tub for some reason. Um, and then she says, I'm sorry. Shannon Elizabeth walks over from the sink to the tub, opens up the shower curtain of the tub. Can't see the ghost because she's still not wearing the glass. She turns on the water to the tub. You think she's about to get into the tub, which would already be like, why? 
because you don't have any fucking clothes around you. You're literally just looking finger, finger comb, finger comb. <laughs> but she leans down to the, the, the faucet of the tub and she starts splashing water in her face. And then the water turns to blood. And then you still see the, the, the ghost sitting in the tub full of blood now. And there's blood all over the walls. And it says, I'm sorry, and blood and all that. And Shannon Elizabeth can't see none of this shit. And it's never explained why, this, why she's saying, I'm sorry. None of this shit is ever no, the explained. The ghost said, I'm sorry. No, it's never explained why the ghost said, I'm sorry. Like, what happened? Like, this wasn't her house. We later on find out again an hour and 15 on. minutes into the movie <laughs> that these Oh, no, ghosts- I did think they explained it. Yeah, I think it was like whatever that ghost was. Remember they talked, they told you like who the ghost They were? told him like, who they yeah. were and she was the princess. Yeah. She was the princess. Maybe she did some fuck shit. But they don't say that. And even if they did say that, they don't say it for another hour and 15 or minutes into the movie. maybe she's sorry for trying to kill Santa Elizabeth. But she, she didn't even try. Play. She just came up, finger come, finger come, finger come. No, she just kept she was, staring at her. You know why no, I know that she didn't? Tub. You know why I know she didn't try and kill her? Because she tried to kill fucking Raw Digger off jump, my nigga. Like, as soon as she saw Raw Digger, she was at her neck with a knife, which was not racist, but it is a hater. Like she walked up to Shannon Elizabeth, like, oh, can I get some of this? The party's jumping, isn't it? Ha ha ha. She saw Rod Diggin and she was like, you got a two page ass and just came after her with a knife. I'm not saying it's racist. Never going to do that. Not not with you, Brandon. I know you, but still. So then um, she's killed a black person in this movie. You're already bringing up racism. Oh. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't kill anybody for like the first hour and 15 minutes of the fucking movie. I'm going to keep saying that shit. Nothing happened for the first hour and 15 minutes. It's just world building. World building and kids go missing. That's it. Fuck Bobby. (laughs) Bobby's world ass nigga. The the fucking asshole dude dies before. Yeah, the lawyer. Yeah, Ben. But Ben died as a mechanism to set everything up. Yeah. Ben knew that the ghosts were there. And that's the thing. Ben knew about all this shit. So shouldn't you know that, oh, this bag just has to be on top of these switches that Crawford told me to never fucking touch when he's in my presence because he doesn't want to get trapped down here with all these ghosts. Let me take this bag of money. Ben obviously knew everything. He knew where the bodies were buried. He knew who was in each place. He was talking shit to everybody. He knew what was up. Why the fuck would he grab that bag? That still doesn't make sense to me. It's a lawyer, man. They love some money. Man, and all he had to do was reach in there and take one stack out. He took the stack out after he lifted up the satchel. You know what the fuck those switches are, dude. I sat there and was like, why the fuck would you send this out to somebody in a will? Of course, we don't find that out for another hour and 10 minutes. Um, but he's in. she's in there uh, still splashing her face in the bathtub's water. And then Monk pops up and is like, where's Bobby? And Shannon's like, he's with Ra. And then Ra's like, he was with me. But then I saw all that glass and I lost him. And Monk is like, what do I pay you for? And I'm like, well, so far, it's not to cook, clean, or watch the children. <laughs> <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> like, we're just going down the line here. Um, and Bobby is still riding around on that fucking scooter and wearing glasses, you know. And even though he's wearing the glasses, he still can't see the writing. He sees the writing that's on the ground. He's like, oh, that's cool. But he he's seven. So it's just like something to lit up. And so he's following that and he goes to the basement stairs. And he hears a ghost call his name, I guess. I'm unsure how that works because the glasses aren't in any way connected to his mm-hmm. ears. 
but he can no, hear he, a ghost call he him. He hears like a couple of them calling. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, when he puts on the glasses. Once you put the glasses on, you're in that world. It's like a VR headset. Okay, cool. Yeah. Once you're in their world, you the VR headset, cool. But when you have a VR headset on, you know what else you still have to have on is Bluetooth earphones. Mm-hmm. 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 They have sunglasses like, that make noise now. You, you know what? So here's what I'm gonna do. Sunglasses. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm a I'm I'm gonna act like I'm Bobby, and I'm going to put on my glasses and take my fucking headphones off. <laughs> I can't hear a goddamn thing you're saying. No matter what, because it's not connected to my ears. I can see you, but I can't hear nothing you're saying. Brandon, are you talking? Brandon, Brandon, say something to me. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. This is wild. You keep moving your head back and forth, but I can't hear what you're saying because I don't have anything in my ears, Brandon. Mm -mm. Fucking audio. Fucking HV DMI. You're missing the big point. He see that is advanced technology in 2000 see? when they were using Windows Media Player to show a fucking video. Okay, what does that got to do with anything? I don't it know. has. It's the world where ghosts exist. So ghosts they exist have, now, dog. They you don't believe advanced, in ghosts? They have advanced technology. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't believe in ghosts, Brandon? Not like the, in this movie. Oh, and okay. the ghosts were in. So they have they have advanced technology that can see a other dimension. And so you're trying to tell me that, that that technology can't have speakers on it? They got Bose headphones, I mean, Bose sunglasses. I can go to Best Buy right now and buy sunglasses <laughs> that have Bluetooth in the sunglasses. There ain't no headphones on my ear, but I can still hear music when I'm wearing them sunglasses. Yo, speaking That's of Best Buy, um, speaking of Best Buy, this is something that I've been wondering about for a while. What's the um, PlayStation 5? And Xbox uh, Series X output looking like where you're at. Uh, they just had some, not too. Because, because what yeah, I they, like to do is I'm, I'm gonna. Long, so, so what I like to do is I like to Venmo you some money, and um, next time they have some, not sure. too long ago, you fucking buy it for me and just send it my way. Yeah. You okay. still want one? Fuck you, nigga! What? I don't have one yet. That's like asking a kid if they still want a popsicle when they haven't even gotten one yet. Like, nigga, you still want a popsicle? <laughs> yeah, they you, just have some. They you. had a line for it, though. Yeah, that line yeah. is like out places. the wazoo. Yeah. But some places it wasn't a line. Out somebody here. Somebody said they went to Waldorf in Maryland. Or somebody I know in Maryland, they went to Waldorf. It was mm-hmm. like, I just went in there and got one. But yeah, them niggas in Waldorf don't go on Twitter. They can barely read. By the way, you <laughs> Thomas Stone, I love each and every one. No, I don't. No, I don't. There's like three of y'all niggas. The rest of y'all, y'all know what the fuck you did. Put in the fucking yearbook. You can see him walking and pimping through the hallways during break. Fucking assholes. <sighs> Anyhow, and that was a quote from me, by the way. So I couldn't really be mad. But in hindsight, you didn't have to believe me. Nickname was West <laughs> Coast. Um... So Bobby tells Bobby hears a ghost call his name and him being white and all, he has to investigate. And then the ghost literally says down here. And I was like, fuck you. That's too goddamn specific. (laughs) I'm going back (laughs) to my dad. (laughs) The ghost tells him to come downstairs and play and that it has something for him, which is basically the 2000 version of the ghost saying, we all float down here, Bobby. We all float. And Bobby goes down to the basement because he's a fucking doofus child. 
And then another ghost tells him, nah, Bobby, stay upstairs. Don't follow her. And it, he completely ignores her because, you know, we already know it's his mom because we heard his mom's voice earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big surprise. But he completely ignores his mom because, you know, why not? Like it's right. So Monk tells everybody to go to the car and he's going to find Bobby. But now the entire house is sealed up and he can't even break the glass of the chair. Um, and Monk tells Shaggy to help them get out of there. And Shaggy's like, no, nah, I'm good. Fuck you, bro. I'm good. I appreciated that anytime that someone had a question about something that was really reasonable, Shaggy's just over there. It's like, I kind of told you it's mm-hmm. sealed. What do you not mean the definition of sealed? Closed. So he was always giving like the matter of factly answers, but real sassily, like, we, we wouldn't be in this situation if we would have just left. I would, but the, I, I, I would be that way too if I saw ghosts, could talk to ghosts and all that kind of mm-hmm. shit. And I got this fucking math teacher on the side of me, like, I don't believe you. I don't believe he you. Was, he's so ridiculous. It was so obvious at some point that this was true. And he's just like, you're being ridiculous. I don't believe you're it. Being ridiculous. Hey, and you know what? I don't, I don't, I'm going to be that dude. Um, COVID is killing people. If you don't get the vaccination, I don't believe you. Somebody drops on the left side of you. I don't believe you. Somebody drops on the right side of you. Oh, they were tired. <laughs> <laughs> you just throw your hands up like, what the oh, fuck? Man. What else can I do? Um, so Monk tells everybody, like I said, go to the car. Uh, Monk forced him to help out. He's like, I will give you the money that my uncle's supposed to give you if you help me out. And then Rob finally mentioned the bid and the lawyer's gone. Nobody else cared. Bobby's still following the voice of the ghost. And even though he has on the glasses, he can't see shit. He's down there with these gl- with these ghosts and the ghosts are still like tipped on behind the <laughs> He still has a bum-ass scooter, though. And he tells everybody, he thinks it's his dad, and he's like, stop hiding from me. This isn't fun, guys. Stop hiding from me. And this is a seven-year-old who, I guess, can't recognize his own family's voice because there's a kid who's saying, come down here and play with me, and that doesn't sound like anybody in my family, and so I'm going to go back upstairs real quick. Uh, The rest of the gang is... he was lost, though. Hella. The rest of the gang is upstairs shouting for Bobby to come out, but Shaggy tells him that it isn't going to do them any good because it's ectobar glass, which is sound and shatterproof. Ectobar glass is not a real thing. Quite like ecto coolers. Exactly. It's not real. It's advanced technology. Thank you. No, it's not. It doesn't exist. I I Twittered. I I, I Googled it. That's what Because I wanted to get some from my car and shit. I figured it would be bulletproof and soundproof if they could do everything else when it wouldn't break. But yeah, quite like ecto coolers. Rest in peace, dog. <sighs> it's the future. Roth finally notices the white that writing is literally on the walls and asks what they are. And Shaggy tells him tells her that they're containment spells and that ghosts can't cross them. Shannon at this point is shocked and skeptical that ghosts are even real even though she was just in a room with one that was just benevolent enough not to murk her ass. And Shaggy tells her the ghosts have to obey whatever the spells say. And a ghost. And meanwhile, Bobby is exploring downstairs still, and the ghost tells him not to turn around. So, of course, he turns around, and now he's facing a ghost with a tie wrapped around her neck. So he hops on his bum-ass scooter and takes off, yelling like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. And now, all of a sudden, he can literally see every single ghost down there. Like all at once. 
and he's going to be fucked up for a good long time. This kid's mind should be shattered. I think he was kind of fucked up once he hit that wall going full <laughs> speed on that scooter. You just hear that smack. <laughs> I don't care how soundproof your wall is. Somebody had to hear that. I mean, at the very least, you should hear the, the boing of him yes. running into this wall. Just like, what the fuck was that? Um, you felt like JBL clothesline. <laughs> That used to be my move in WWF uh, <laughs> 2002. Like, you would do the clothesline of death or the close. What was it called, from, Brandon? The clothesline from hell. Clothesline from hell. And they would flip, and then mm-hmm. you would pick them up and do the move from the back that would make them get bloodied, and the game was over. Like, they try and stand <laughs> up, and they'll just be KO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to love that game. I'm going to go downstairs and play it. Um, so then – uh, Ra puts on a pair of glasses that can now see the writing on the floor and Shaggy uh, recognized it as a hidden barrier spell and wonder why Crawford had them there. Nigga, you know everything Crawford was doing. Why do you sound shocked that he has barrier spells from keeping these motherfuckers from getting up to where he was? Um, because he didn't think that Crawford was planning to let them out. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, he didn't know that was the plan. That's why when the girl said something to him, he was, he was like, this is weird. That don't sound right to me. And so then Monk, who's in a house where the walls and doors move like fucking Hogwarts and there's Latin on every single wall, which he recognizes, but refuses to read, tells Shaggy to stop saying that they're in a haunted house, even though they are. So Shaggy tells Monk not to go downstairs. And so Monk goes downstairs. He tells Shaggy that um, he needs his help to find Bobby. And he says this while he's standing on the top step. He says to Shaggy, I wrote this shit down. He said, I will pay you again. I will pay you whatever my uncle owes you if you help me find my son while he's standing on the top steps of the basement. And his son is literally on the stairs at the bottom of the basement. This is not a sound investment, ladies and gentlemen. This is not how this is supposed to work out. And um, Bobby's mom is in the house, we find out. And so is Crawford. And at this point in time, we find out that Crawford's down to snatch a child up and grabs Bobby for some reason. We don't find out why for another hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> this is what got on my nerves. It was like Bobby got snatched up and it was like Roman Reigns in the middle of a triple threat match. Roman resting. He was just gone for like the rest of the match and shit. I don't know if it's still like that, Brandon. I know you stand for Roman because I know how you feel about that whole fucking family. I know. I know you got to stop hating on the best wrestler. I, I know. I know, Brandon. It's if it's not Roman, then it's the rock. And I can't say anything bad about either one of them. I understand. He's not the best wrestler. Though. He is not even close. He's the best complete wrestler in the business. Now he is not. He is the best wrestler in the business. Isn't even a man. I said it. Fucking Sasha Banks still needs her fucking coins. She still needs her fucking Sasha's, powers. Sasha's good, but she's her character. She's been off TV for a long time, so she's yeah, I mean, she she got to, Mandalorian money. No, it wasn't no Mandalorian money. It was anti-vaxxer bullshit. <laughs> oh, she's an anti-vax. Yes. Yes. God damn it! <laughs> Holy shit, Sasha! It be your own people. What right? What the <laughs> fuck, Bellany? Like, I'm over here standing for you and shit. Okay, never mind. Just uh. to give a cheap plug, I was just on the PW Torch talking about that yesterday hey. with a fan. That's what's Check up. I didn't get invited. Maybe it's because I didn't even know Sasha was a fucking anti-vaxxer. <laughs> right. Like that explains a lot. Um Shaggy tells Rod that there's ghosts around us all the time. Um 
and most of them don't want to hurt us. It's a little ghost here and a little ghost there. And he's saying that while a ghost looks like John Henry is standing behind with railroad spikes hammered through a skull and body. Then he mentions that the ones like John Henry, who died a violent death, live a tortured and violent ghost life because that's all that they know, which is which is fucked up because, you know, he didn't hammer those things through his own body. That was clearly the clan or else slave master or something like that. But, you know, it is what it is. And Monk finds Bobby's radio and Shannon tells him that maybe Shaggy was right. But Monk is certain that there's no such thing as ghosts because, you know, he slept at a Holiday Inn Express. But then Shannon puts on the glasses and there's a ghost right in front of her. And for some wild ass reason, the ghost who have been standing next to them and been walking around them this whole time, when she puts on the glasses, all of a sudden start to engage and fuck her up bad. And Monk is still. Yes. And Monk is still like, what's going on? What's wrong? This is the part that makes me mad. They finally, the girl comes in and saves her. And he goes, what was that? Nigga, it's the ghost everyone been telling you about for the fucking past 35 minutes. Yeah. She Man. was getting drugged, like literally drugged down the hall. You start to say, yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. Then what is it? Is, is Derrick Henry showing up, just running her over and just dragging her? Like, what's going on? That shit was wild. And um, also the fact that while the jackal's fucking her up, Kalina drops down and throws a fucking flare at him. And that's all it <laughs> took for him to disappear. Like, that's what we're doing here? That's what killed me. A flare. Like, this is what stops these ghosts. Um, and so that's when I found out she wasn't really bringing dynamite. She had flares with her. Her new name is Rick Flair. Um, so now Shaggy and Ra are um, being pursued by the naked ghost who left Shannon in the fuck at the loan, but is now more than willing to murder Ra. Uh, and so Ra and Shaggy Keep take saying off. saying that. The ghost tried to kill Shannon. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. When it Shannon stood next to her on finger combed. When Shannon was in the tub. Nah, it was she went to go like swipe at her with a knife, but that's she when she took Monk the came knife in. up and yeah. she jumped up to try to kill her, and Shannon jumped yeah. out of the yeah. tub because when Monk she tried it. to kill her. Yeah, but that's how she pursued her. She liked finger combed. They were like <laughs> next to each other. You got any cocaine? Huh? You got any X? You got any E? I'm just this guy keeps following me. Ready. I don't get it. I don't understand these people. Like eh, uh, when, the macho man, when the macho man did the elbow drop he didn't just climb up to the top rope and jump off he climbed up to the top rope and he points to the sky and then he looks down and then he jumps off you gotta get yourself ready to do the finishing move that's yeah. what she was doing like Seamus did when he was doing the Jeff Hardy stuff yeah uh, exactly see that's what that was then Kalina tells Monk that she's also in the spirit reclamation business and she frees trapped souls. And Monk interrupts her too to ask, What are you doing here? Like, yeah, that's all nice. The fuck ever. What are you doing here? How did you get in here? And she says, I guess I'm saving you. And so Shannon sees the ghost again. And Kalina's like, Fuck that. Give your daddy your glasses. And so he finally sees the ghost. And he's like, What are they? And he's, they're like, Bitch. <laughs> like, what? Uh, Kalina said that Cyrus had a nasty habit of enslaving souls. And there's that phrase again. And she's there to set them all free. And I'm like, nah. Nah, I think they're where they're supposed to be at. Like, let's not let these motherfuckers free out in the world. That would be like y'all freeing the fucking dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Just, I'm not for, I mean. Pro-slavery. Now we got a (laughs) pro-slavery (laughs) team. Nigga, there's one that literally has a box around its head that, nah, nah. And it deserves to be free. 
Okay. So Kalina pulls out her spell book and tells uh, Monk that there's a device called the Basilius, the Basilius device, which is a machine that could build, the, that could see the future. And somehow Cyrus built that shit. And the entire house is the device. Um, and they're in the middle of a machine that's designed by the devil and powered by the dead. And that's when I started laughing because, you know, Cyrus had a machine that could see the future, but he couldn't see himself getting crushed by a car. And that feels like a system flaw to me. Again, they don't explain shit for another like 35, 40 minutes. I thought they were going to um, blame this on Da Vinci. Yeah. Huh. But what this when did... goes with these things is like, it's always some like older like artists like. It shows da the Da Vinci with the like fingers that. pointing out and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and, or Michelangelo yeah. or something like that. Mm hmm. And Monk tells her that he doesn't give a shit about anything but getting his family out. And Kalina's like, I won't help you till you help me, dog. And then they look around and realize Shannon's missing. Like, y'all didn't notice this shit? No. Like, <laughs> like while y'all are talking. I mean, I can understand. Y'all weren't there when Bobby got snatched up by Crawford. But fucking Shannon is a grown-ass girl. Like, she's full size. Like, how's she go when y'all don't hear shit? She didn't scream. She didn't scream, no ruffling, no nothing. She didn't say also, daddy. The ghost definitely did rip her shirt, you know, coming off the American pie. Yeah. They yes. were like, okay, we need to take advantage of that. They wanted to make sure of it. Exploited. That's the word I was trying exploited. to think of. She fucking got exploited in two movies back to back. And then she was like, fuck y'all. So if I see her in another movie past that, I, I'm like, okay, I hope that she's playing somebody she wants to play. Because as I watch this movie, it really took me watching this movie to realize Shannon Elizabeth is not a German name. They just had a cute girl playing a girl with a German accent named Nadia so they could try and get her naked yep. as a teenager. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, let me see. So, Monk tells her, like, they're talking about how they won't help out until, they, until she helped, until they help one another. They see Shannon's missing, and then Kalina's like, we need to get out of here. And Monk's like, not without my kids. And she's like, no, we need to get out of here. And she points up and there's a little white boy wearing an Indian outfit with a fucking arrow through his head. And I don't understand how that game of Cowboys and Indians got so real so quickly. But, you know, he didn't duck. Right. Who the <laughs> fuck is playing with real arrows, though? And I, you're dressed up like the Indian. So why do you have the arrow through your fucking dome? Did you fire it up in the air and it came right back down? Because it's in the back of your dome. Like the pointed part of the arrow is through the front of your skull. So he got one of those Wiley E. Coyote Acme arrows. Friendly fire. I was going to say fucked around and found out. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Indian. I get the arrows. No. All right. All right. You get this one. Catch. Um. So Ron and Shaggy are going through a hallway and the walls are still shifting and shit and they close up, separating the two of them. And Shaggy throws his glass to Ra and tells her that she'll need them. And then he blames her for the wall shifting. And she fucking apologizes. I didn't get that part. I was like, did I miss something? Like, why are you blaming her for this? Like, did she trip and fall or something? Um, and Monk and Kalina get to the stairs, but they're blocked from him. And so uh, Kalina says, get away from the glass. And Monk is like, why? And at this point, the whole him asking questions thing really started to get on my fucking nerves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so he turns around and John Henry is there. And then we shift back over to Shaggy and Ra. And Shaggy's getting attacked by a ghost with an electric baseball bat. Like it was a baseball bat. But every time he swung it, like sparks would come off. 
Oh, because he was hitting the uh, spells. Okay. So it had like that Power Ranger type thing. Every time they got their suits hit, the sparks would just fly. For sure. He was hitting the rooms. Okay, that makes better yeah. sense. Um, but he's but for some reason Shaggy is able to dodge every swing without the glasses on, and he tells Ra to run, but Ra didn't run, and instead she started giving him directions to dodge the ghost attacks, even though he's already doing that. But you know us, she was like a black person watching a 3D movie yelling at the screen and shit. Right. Duck, move to the left. Look out, bitch. Um, after that, Kalina pops a tile floor, a floor tile out the floor above them, which why didn't y'all do that a long time ago? But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, and climbs up to meet with Ra and Shaggy right as the gears start moving again. And now all of the symbols are lined up and the ghosts are loose and Monk is still downstairs with all of them. And just barely gets rescued from John Henry. Well, not all of them are out yet. They're still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. still one more. There's <clears throat> still the, the 12th ghost, not the 13th one, just the yeah. 12th one. Um, and so then they. Um, they're still walking around, not looking for Bobby or Shannon. <laughs> like that's important like they're like where's Bobby and then for the rest of the movie they just kind of fucking forget about Bobby or Shannon <laughs> they're just walking trying to get out trying to get free on their own and um, Shaggy asked the best question in the entire fucking movie which is literally how the fuck did you lose your family in a goddamn glass, <laughs> <A> glass house <laughs> <laughs> and that's a sound ass question I was like you know what I feel that to the core and um I felt like the writers thought that shit too. And so they wrote it. And I was like, if you wrote that shit, then you should have changed how this shit works out because we're asking the same question. Um, the way but, he said it was just, he said that with the tone of a man that's just fed the fuck up. Right. <laughs> and like, so it's wrong question. Home. Cause he said, you can't hear anything through right. the fucking but glass. But you can see it. You can see you can't him. see through the floor. Cause the floor glass was fucking frosted or whatever. Yeah. It's like opaque. And so Monk mean mugged him and then got attacked yes. by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Monk mean mugged the shit out of him. <laughs> he looked at him the way uh, folks look when you think somebody said you wasn't a good parent. Yep. So um, he gets attacked by a ghost, but then they throw another flare that saves him. And then they run into another room with magical barriers. I made sure to get this part. Um, at this point in time, they're in a room and Kalina says it is Shaggy's fault for helping Crawford capture the ghost in the first place. And she's not wrong. So then Shaggy decides to overact. And I got this. I got this. <laughs> Arthur, are you all right? I hate this job. I didn't seem to like you either. I wonder why. You got something to say, say it. All right, let's start with this. This is all your goddamn fault! If you hadn't caught them, we wouldn't be running from them now, would we? It's his uncle that built the damn house! Yeah, but you helped him. How could you help him without knowing what he was doing? I had my reasons. Money, you parasite. You stole people's souls for money. How depraved is that? If you haven't noticed, I'm a little bit of a freak! I come within 10 feet of anything dead, I go into seizures. I touch somebody, and a whole life full of shit just flashes in front of my eyes. 
All right, so yeah, I'm depraved. And Cyrus is my friend, and he accepted me, so. <laughs> he didn't accept you. You're so pathetic. He used you. Shut up, both of you. <laughs> Shut up, both of you. Cyrus was my friend. And he liked me. He accepted me. And Wendy showed me her boobs, and I liked those, too. Sorry, that's water boy. Also, every time I look at this nigga Shaggy, I don't even think about Shaggy. I'm just saying Shaggy because of 13 Ghosts. Honestly, in 2000, if I had seen this movie, the first thing I would have thought about is fucking She's All That. And how he played that nigga from the real world who, when uh, Rick James's Give It To Me Baby came on, started dancing <laughs> and rolling around the house. That's what I see when I look at this shit. Um, but yeah. Then Monk finds out that Shaggy helped to capture his wife's ghost. And that was when um, Shaggy reacted the same way that a dude will react, a side dude will react to a married man that will fight. Mm. I didn't Look even know you, man. punch I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that exact same thing. That's how, that's how you punch someone when you find out they got your wife's spirit trapped. I mean, but he re the way he explained it was, I didn't even know you, man. I didn't even know you were married, man. Which is what I would say to a married man with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he caught him with this uh, soft ass right. And it turned out there was a menu of ghosts to each of that, that Crawford needed. And the machine needed each of them to power up. And uh, once it has all of them, the house would draw them to its center, powering up the Ocularis Infernum. And Monk finally uses his Latin to translate. That means the eye of hell. And Ra, the only black person in the fucking movie, finally starts freaking out about being stuck in the house with these white people. Am I? This is where I tripped out because it's like, so wait, this whole house, all everything is written in Latin. And this is the first time you actually want to read what some, or decipher what something says. Exactly. Like, like dude. On, like I said, and in, in the outside, it isn't like it's only on the inside. It's on the outsides too. Mm -hmm. All he those knew them other words. Sometimes, like, how many words you know in French? Probably like four. He knew them words at that point. He was like, oh, "I know them words." <laughs> no, the thing is, Monk talks tough, but he really didn't know shit. I think that's what I think that's really what it is. He didn't know Latin. He knew what Ocularis Infernum meant, and I'm sick of people using Latin as a catch-all to introduce stuff that we're not supposed to know about right it's always used for something like demonic or something in these movies mm -hmm. and so uh kalina and Ra, wait um the house needs another ghost to be this, the last ghost to be the sacrifice of a broken heart a living sacrifice and that means monk whose heart was broken when his wife dies when his wife died and Kalina tells Monk that in order to save his children, he needs to sacrifice his life for theirs. And Shaggy's like, you know what? All of a sudden I care before you do that. Let's go and find your kids who we haven't seen since like 30 minutes and one hour into this movie to be exact. Let's go <laughs> find them. And so Kalina and Ra go back into the basement and happen across Ben's body and Monk and Shaggy who are carrying a pane of glass for protection are getting attacked by ghosts, but the protective glass saves them. And then Ra and Kalina are in the gear room, and a ghost starts walking up to Ra, and we see the cane. We know that it's fucking Crawford. Um, and she tells Kalina to help her out because the flare shit ain't working like it works with other ghosts. So now we know, okay, something's going on here. Mm -hmm. And Kalina sees this 
ghost coming towards Raw Digger, and she takes out her big ass spell book and knocks Raw the fuck out with it. And now her name is Karen. She's looking at Crawford, and they smile at each other and they kiss. And it turns out Kalina's been working the whole time with Crawford. And she killed Damon and stole his spells and made sure the monk didn't get killed and all this kind of shit. And they they kiss like that was that was wild to see them kissing like that. And so they kiss and then my man snatched up that spell book. Oh, yeah. Real quick. (laughs) Real quick. Kiss you with my lips and steal that with the other hand. "Mm -mm." And then leave you in the fucking glass to squeeze the death. Right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, Shaggy and Monk are now faced by John Henry when the last ghost gets released and Shaggy gets his hand crushed and gets murdered. Like literally they just curl his body around a fucking uh, fucking steel structure. Um, well, now before that, it's, you know, John Henry is out and then he's like, I got this. And he's, it's one of those where it's like Apollo when he's mm-hmm. fighting Drago, he's like, Oh, I got this. This is easy. And then that last gear hits and the fucking glass breaks and fucking stone cold juggernaut comes out. And he just turns his head. It's like, fuck me <laughs> i do not want this life i do not want your life i just want to get out of here can can i can i leave i didn't know you were coming i didn't I, my bad my bad um so then crawford tells kalina to put monk's kids in danger so he'll sacrifice himself um and Monk is crying about Shaggy dying, but then he sees his wife and he tells her that he loves and misses her and she's nothing without him. And then she disappears because they start playing the um, that tape, the, the tape of Latin music that draws everybody up. Um, and then Crawford tells Kalina to go get the book. And while she's getting it, the walls move again. He has the book and she gets crushed. Then Bobby and Shannon appear in the middle of the room of gears, and for some reason their hands are bound, and they need Monk to save them. I guess Crawford grabbed up uh, Shannon and Elizabeth too. That's didn't... what I guess, but then they don't explain it because she didn't make a peep. Mm-mm. You don't see it on screen or nothing. So I was like, okay, I guess she just needed a break and went to catering or something. <laughs> and so um, Monk realizes again that he's the thirteenth ghost and that his uncle is still alive, and he's like. He goes over to him, but then he starts getting his ass whooped by uh, Professor Crawford, which was like, okay, you ain't got no hands for anybody in this movie. What the fuck are you even yeah. doing here? Um, yeah, it started off strong. Right, you thought he was going like to do something. You thought. It's like how uh, Hulk was in Infinity War where he's like, you know, oh, I got Thanos hemmed up. And then Ebony Maul's like, oh, he's just having fun. And then Thanos just, just proceeded to two-piece Hulk. Just let him enjoy himself. He's just, you know, he's just doing his thing right now. Yeah. So, um, then Raw starts messing with the gears and stops the Latin recording and the ghosts all leave the circle and come for Crawford and throw him into the gears, which destroys him, I guess, because he really fucking disappeared. Like once they threw him into the gears, they didn't show any splash or any damage or of his body around the children. There was no blood on their heads or anything like that at all. Um, and then Shaggy who, again, is dead, but turns into a ghost in this house because everybody does, um, told uh, Monk to go get his kids. And somehow uh, the whole glass house explodes and all the ghosts are free. And Bobby and Shannon and Monk are also all safe. I thought Ra was dead because she was in the room where there was literally no escaping all this glass. And she's like, oh, shit. And then it explodes. So I thought Ra died. Um 
And then Monk asks if everybody's okay. Um, and then they see Jean, who Bobby's like, Mom. And then she like tells the them that. Back to her unburned form. Mm-hmm, and tells them that, tells Bobby that she loves him, that she loves all of them. And then she disappears. And then after that, Rob pops back up and quits a job that she didn't do anyway in the movie fucking it. <laughs> so I'm going back to Hoboken. Right. Fuck no, this shit. Gonna, I'm going back to rapping. We're not going to skip over the <laughs> fact that he jumped in to make this heroic save of his fucking kids. And then the fucking thing just stopped spitting. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made no sense. That's what it works. Like, I'm going to jump in. But I'm not gonna jump in in. <laughs> like it's the worst double dutch ever. Exactly. I was gonna I was gonna save y'all. I was gonna do that, but then I didn't Does have he to. still get his own money? So now he's rich, he survived, now that he's rich. Well, he doesn't have to give Shaggy the money, and his uncle is dead, so he really does get it now. Now everything really does get willed to him. Except there's no lawyer either to actually tell him. I mean, he just got to find those papers and just sign it. He's good. Because he never signed the papers. Right. But yeah, no. <sighs> and that's the end. That's that's that, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, 13 Ghosts. And like I said, for all the <laughs> shit that I talked about, it, which I do, because why not? I actually kind of sort of enjoy this movie. It's a good brainless movie to watch. Yeah, and then I think this is like a better DVD. movie than Bone. Well, that's not yeah. saying much, dog. That is literally that's like saying that a, a ham sandwich is better than a shit sandwich. Yeah, better than bones. Bones. Like you, you really, <laughs> I feel so bad for you guys, dude. It gets worse. We have shit on tap. <laughs> so, I uh, Brandon, who was the MVP of this movie? Huh? Um, I like Shaggy. Yeah, I thought he was great. Me too. Even with his overacting ass. What about you, Mac? Yeah, it's the same. I'm going with Shaggy because he's the one actually did stuff during the movie. Mm-hmm. He tried. He tried to help him, and he was answering all of Arthur's dumbass questions. Fucking Arthur. Fucking Arthur. That's all I could really say. <laughs> I got a Arthur. suggestion, Shaggy. What's up? I got a suggestion. Sometimes we do five movies. Sometimes we do four movies. Oh, we're doing five this, this month. Only, no, this one we only have four on the list. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to add Ghostbusters to nope. the end of the month. Nope. And that'll tie in right. No, listen. It'll tie in not only to horror or ghosts, but Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out right after that. And we can get a boost in the list. Fine. <laughs> Fine, Brandon. We will do the original. Are we doing the original one or are we doing the one with Bobby Brown in it? Or the women one? No, no, I'm not even talking about the women one. The women one is, I like them all, but there's that special second one with Bobby, Bobby Brown, Brown in it. It gets all the unnecessary hate for no reason, but that Bobby Brown song comes on. Everyone's singing it. Heart and soul, d- d- dance. Niggas were standing in a pool jumping over their legs. <laughs> so which one are you talking about, Brandon? Which one are we doing? The original. Okay. All right, I'll add it. I will take out, I will put a thief in the night down for horror, horrible movie month part three. 
it's really hard to say. Like, if your mouth isn't ready for it, it's hard to say horrible movie month. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, let me see. Oh, I do know for this movie, on, like, I think, like, the DVD and, like, Blu-ray extras, they gave, like, a a short or whatever for each of the ghosts, like, their background and stuff like that. That would have been dope. So, if they would have put that in the movie, because, like, the John Henry one, they did say he did kind of get lynched. So, that's kind of what happened with him. And that would have been dope if they had fleshed that out further. He got can he got the Candyman treatment where he got lynched and they cut off his hand and put the hammer on. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. See, I knew I wasn't just being racist, Brandon. <laughs> also, the entire inside of this house was CGI, which I thought was cool. Oh, that's dope. That is dope. I mean, you know, if you got the money for it, and I mean, this is New Line that's living off of like. We need to find something to take the place of Nightmare on Elm Street at this point in time. So, um, you know what? Let me go see what we got as far as trivia for this fucking movie. I usually have this open already, but I was so busy uh, listening to clips of overacting Shaggy that I forgot. (laughs) I appreciate how Monk lost his wife in a house fire in this movie. Then he goes on to be in the Monk series and loses his wife to a car bomb. So I'm just like, so this man just needs to stay away from fire. Pretty much. (laughs) Now that's a fire. Um, Okay, so the special effects and sound mixing were so elaborate in this film that many people claimed the movie was physically painful to sit through. And the effect for the torso was achieved by using a double amputee wearing a special black hood that could be used to digitally remove his head. Shout out to Lieutenant Dan. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. The writing etched on the walls in the glass house translate to read the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) That's awesome. That's (laughs) it. That's it. Oh, and Shannon Elizabeth is one year younger than Rod Digger, who plays her nanny, Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a babysitter. No, no, no. She was not her nanny. She was the little kid's nanny. She was both a nanny. Yeah. Very much so. Oh, so Matthew Lillard did this before he started in Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo Part 2. Mm-hmm. And fresh off his Scream run, so. Okay. Huh. I think, well, Scream was in like 97, but he's, I mean, him being that dude in Scream is still hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Him in a skeet Ulrich or whatever. Yeah, I think that about sums it up for me. Um, oh, in the uh, trivia, they do say, or in the spoilers, they do tell the backstories because, you know, the DVD, they just typed them into the backstory uh, spoilers on IMDb. So like the firstborn son, which the one that I wanted to know about because he was the one with the arrow through his head. He's the ghost of Billy Michaels, a boy who was a fan of cowboy films. One day, a neighbor found a real steel arrow in his parents' closet. He challenged Billy to a duel with Billy <laughs> using a toy gun. <laughs> but wait, but wait. He must have not liked Billy because if you do a duel, you face, you do like the walk. 
10 paces and then you turn around and fire, he must have just said, fuck you, Billy, and just turned around and just flapped because the arrow's front side when it comes through his Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> However, his plaything was no match for the arrow, and he died when the neighbor shot it through the back of his head. Also, part two, that's accuracy. Yeah. Okay, for it to go through, the, like, I've shot an arrow before, and it takes practice to get that that's sort of accuracy. accuracy. That's premeditated, because he hit him right between the eyes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh, that was great. That poor kid. <laughs> he wanted a duel. He said he fucked around and found out. Right. Um, and then the angry princess. She is Dana Newman, who did not believe in her own natural beauty. Abusive boyfriends filled her low self-esteem, which led to much unneeded plastic surgery for imagined effects. So she's little Kim. Eventually, she got a job working for a plastic surgeon, getting paid in treatments rather than cash. This shit sound like twisted metal. Eventually, she got a job working for a plastic surgeon, and she tried to perform surgery on herself one night, but wound up blinding herself in one eye and permanently mutilating herself herself beyond saving. She committed suicide in the bathtub by slashing her body repeatedly with a butcher knife. When she was found, people noted that she was as beautiful in death as she had been in life. On her bathroom in the bathroom scene, the phrase I'm sorry is visible on the floor in blood. Subtitles have revealed that the blurred hissing speech that announced her arrival is her whispering I'm sorry, which was written on her suicide note. Okay. Why the fuck that? Right. Right. Much more interesting. It's like also, though, why was this bathroom that she wasn't even a part of? Covered in blood. Because like Shannon and Elizabeth saw in that Windows Media File video, it's the only bathroom. Then we all get our own bathrooms. She was celebrating like it was a Price is Right showcase. She came in and claimed that fucking bathroom <laughs> quick, too. Like, fuck y'all, nigga. This is my bathroom. Um, The last one I'm going to do. Okay. The Hammer. He's a ghost of an African-American blacksmith, uh, George Markley who lived in a small town in the 1890s. He was wrongfully accused of stealing by a white man from his town and when threatened with exile, refused to leave town. A gang led by his accuser hung his wife and children and burned their bodies. In revenge, George used his sledgehammer to beat the culprits to death. He was then subjected to a cruel form of frontier justice by the town folks, being chained to a tree and executed by having railroad spikes driven into his body with his own sledgehammer. As a final touch, they cut off his hand and attached a sledgehammer, handling all to the hand that was cut off. His ghost is seen with the railroad spikes protruding from his body and a sledgehammer for a left hand. Triple H didn't have to do that to that man. Right. Right. Man. Yep. So, uh, Mac, got any shout outs or anything like that, fam? Oh, man, now shout out to you guys for having me. I mean, been listening to you guys for about a year. Like, I caught on to you guys a little later than normal, but I've listened. I've gone back and listened to a lot of you guys' catalog. We appreciate and that. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. You always, always crack me up with just the movies that you guys do. I've always, I've seen them all. And then just hearing you guys commentary on them. It's stuff that I thought as a kid, like kid watching them. And then it's stuff that I still think. Well, let me ask you this while I got you. And hey, Brandon. 
shit. Okay, so let me ask you this while Brandon is muted. Problem Child, what is your thoughts on that movie? No, Junior is a problem. See, told you so, Brandon. I, I knew that. Junior is a problem. Well, yeah, he is a problem. I agree. Uh, he wanted to befriend a serial killer. <laughs> John Ritter ain't deserved that. Oh, John Ritter ain't died for this shit. That is fucked up. But I will say, a problem, child, though. My favorite scene is the baseball scene because this man is swinging for the fences as he hits the ball. Goddamn. <laughs> and them kids see it coming. He still clocks them. At the point, that was the point where John Ritter was like, this nigga's a psychopath. Like, <laughs> He's looking like, yo, where's my receipt at? Go take it, man. At some point, we got to do problem child, too. But with the daughter, that one, she's even worse than he is. All right, fine, because I like you. We'll add it to a list. You know, they're doing that on Bad Me and Bad. I'm going to be on there. Defending Junior for the show. Good, I won't be on there. I'm good. I'm good. I have no desire. I'm going to be representing Hindsight's point of view by Defending Junior. You're not representing my (laughs) point of view. Fuck that nigga. What a brick. Like, that dude was straight up. He burned his room down. Nope. Not even getting back into this. Not giving you an avenue, Brandon. I already know the trap. All those presents in the pool. Yeah, but those kids deserved it. I'll give them that. Like, those kids were just mean to him. Those little girls were all following the pack. And, and from what they've always... The statement that was made in the 80s and early 90s, well, the 80s and 90s period, girls are meaner than boys so boys are just reacting to the girls being mean that's what they always portrayed in the movies yeah um you know and then junior showed up exactly is <laughs> that bowl cut and that damn bow tie <laughs> that he put on because of a serial killer right. i just want to remind everybody so for brandon charles manson, charles manson had followers they weren't eight they weren't eight <laughs> You really did that, Charles Manson had followers. What the fuck? They weren't eight years old, Brandon. They were like older? I expect older people to make better decisions than an eight-year-old. I would hope so. Thank would... you. Thank you. You agree. <laughs> That's all I, would... I need to hear. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I would hope that, that adults would act differently than you know what? Fuck it. So, thank you for listening to Hindsight. If you want to leave a review, you can uh, leave a review on Podchaser. Then you can copy that and you can paste it in the Apple Podcast. And you can copy that shit and you can paste it in the good pods. Each one will leave five stars. If it's not five stars, just let us know why not. We won't kill you or anything. We'll make fun of you, maybe, depending on what you say. If what you say is something like Brandon's voice is annoying or my voice is annoying, just keep that shit to yourself. But if it's something real, like I found a factual error in this fucking movie, Okay, I'll take that. Maybe. We'll see. Um, That's the only reason to give me less than five stars. Rashani's being nice. Tell me on Twitter. Don't tell me in the review. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. Oh, shit. Max on Twitter at macho underscore franchise. Yes. Yep. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is BLK. I'm Rashani, and the show is on Twitter at Hindsight Reviews. That's R E V U E S. 
Um, you can send a voicemail to the show at 916-633-1537. Uh, you can email the show at hindsightmoodreviews at gmail.com. And again, that's R-E-V-U-E-S. Um, and you can donate to the show. You can become a Patreon member. The cool thing about becoming a Patreon member is that I literally just decided before I put this show out that I am going to take each synopsis from all the movies that we've done. So that's, hold up, hold up, hold up. That is 50, that is 61 synopsis at this point. I'm going to put them all on Patreon. Um, so you can walk through and you can go to the clips that we were making fun of and all that kind of shit. Um, I'm also going to put up the uh, synopsis from Return to Oswald, which is our show. Well, if y'all listen to Hindsight and you listen to Return to Oswald because it shows up on your feed and there's ain't shit you could do about it. Um, we appreciate it. Um, but we're going to put up the synopsis of those as well as any show we do after uh, Return to Oswald. And that's going to be for our Patreon members at the $5 level. So join us, help us out. Like every buck that you donate to Patreon literally helps pay for the Zoom that we use for recording. It helps pay for movies that we give for this show. Because who the fuck wants to pay for 13 ghosts? Like, seriously, would you pay for, you know what? I take that back. Even better. Who the fuck wants to pay for bones? Am I right or am I right? So the money also goes towards buying books for Ratchet Book Club. Those three things. Uh, so you can go to Patreon and become a Patreon member. You can also donate directly at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or you can go to Good Pods and you can uh, use our tip jar there to break us off a little something, something. Thank you each for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Um, next week, we will be back with the. God damn it. <sighs> next week, we'll be back with Tales from the Hood Part Three. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Uh, But again, for Mac and Brandon, I'm Derek. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, and you say.